0: And he's so likable, right, that he could sell that probably a little bit easier than Billick could.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that, but but back when Billick was doing it, he still had Ozzie, who I think is probably didn't see the end of his career coming anytime soon. Right. You know, he still was younger and, and ready to go at this for a number of years, wanted to win multiple Super Bowls. Well, he's done that now. And, and maybe... Maybe Ozzy's looking at his watch and thinking about living in a warmer climate uh-huh. all year round, <laughs> and and if I can get two or three more years of this nice salary, uh, I'll be set. You know that kind. Of, I'm I'm just again hey, all speculation, speculation, but it's it makes sense to me because otherwise I wouldn't have written the article. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that it, it's it, it may explain why the sixty-seven picks. Under John Harbaugh's watch Have produced two pro bowlers C.J. Mosley And Ray Rice One of them's obviously gone The other one made it one year Didn't make it the next year The sixty-seven, pick, the last 67 picks Under Billick There were eight pro bowlers One surefire Hall of Famer in Ed Reed And two possible Hall of Famers in Marsha Yonda And Terrell Sucks a good job. I know it's early. And yeah. these, these guys that, that Harbaugh has drafted or the guys drafted under Harbaugh's, on Harbaugh's watch are still young and maybe things can develop so that there's more of a shift. But of those guys you've drafted so far, what they've done, do, do you think, and I think Marcianda and Terrell Suggs will be Hall of Famers. I, I agree with you. So do you think that there's even one Hall of Famer out of those 67?
2: Not right now. <laughs> I mean, C.J. Mosley, maybe, but um... but I, okay. Now here, let's throw Flacco in this conversation. How does he fit? Because he's not a Pro Bowler.
0: That it, that uh, that was a bust. No, 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 no it's, it's not a bust. Well,
1: I'm on, just just making sure. Measure, right. A measuring stick aside, I know I know a Pro Bowl doesn't mean everything that a player is. Good. It's not the, uh, we just talked about. It. It's not the end all be all. Everybody gets in, it seems like anymore, but the fact that. Anybody gets in, and Joe hasn't been in. That's some sort of measuring stick. Now I know he was he was extended an offer last year as an alternate and refused because uh, the birth of one of his kids. Right. Um, so I get that, but he w- it wasn't a first team Pro Bowler. He was an alternate.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Tyrod was a f- first team <laughs> <laughs> Pro Bowler. You know, oh. in his first season as a starting quarterback, so. And another thing, back to Ozzy for a minute, he also could be figuring that he does have, a that he would be leaving. You know, everybody wants their, you know, when they leave something, they want to see what happens after they leave, and, and certainly Eric DaCosta is more than a formidable guy to take over that position.
1: Yeah, okay. and, and I agree with all that, but, but it really the, the point of, of the article was to say that, in my opinion, I believe that at the end of the day, the scouts and coaches should work together, but ultimately the guys that are the professional talent evaluators should be the guys making the decisions in that war room and not the coaching staff.
2: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Now, they got a bunch of free agents coming up. Uh, I think they have, what, 27 free agents uh, that are... Listed amongst them, Justin Tucker, Courtney Upshaw, Coletio Semele, Morgan Cox, uh, Marlon Brown. Uh, I mean, did, what I think Jeremy Butler's in there. What do they do? I mean, they have limited cap space now. They've got about 30 to 35 days to kind of get Joe restructured in order to have cap space to get, I guess, some of these guys, their own guys, re-signed and be able to be players in the free agent market.
1: Well, I think that Brian's done a great job projecting all that and how it could well, all shake out. But if they're going to be players at all in free agency, they got to do something with Joe.
0: That's for and sure. If, and if, if they Even get, Joe get, says that.
1: If they get nothing with him, nothing done, then they're going to be sitting on the sidelines waiting for all these guys that were injured last year and all the guys that they haven't drafted yet and the guys that they did draft and didn't produce to produce in 2016.
2: And if you take it out a year farther, Brandon Williams and Rick Wagner become free agents at the end of next season.
1: Yeah. I know one of Brian's articles, he's he's a, a – the Brian's careful in terms of – he's not going to be like me where I've got a strong opinion about yeah. something. <laughs> And Brian's going to look at all angles, and I think that's his nature, and that's good to have that kind of balance on your, from the personnel on your, on your website. But he, he looked at it from the perspective of what if the Ravens just said, let's take the haircut in 2016 and just really get our cap in great shape. What kind of moves could we make? He's got an article like that on, on the site, and I, I don't think that the Ravens w- want to do that because I, I do think that they're going to they believe that they're going to establish reestablish themselves as a prominent organization, or not a prominent organization, but a prominent team, again, in 2016. They're already a prominent organization, but as a prominent team in 2016. And in order to do that, I, I think they're pretty confident they're going to get something done with Joe. Uh, guys like you mentioned before, Tucker, worst case, he's going to be a franchise tag guy. because right. The franchise tag doesn't cost all that much, Um, um Clutchy Assembly, I, I've said for a long time he's he's a goner. I, I felt when <laughs> they signed Marshall Yonda that he was going to be a goner. Now, if Clutchy, uh, if they didn't already sign Eugene Monroe to a long-term deal, then I, I would say Clutchy had a better chance to stay. But they have.
0: All right, Tony. Well, how about your Super Bowl prediction?
1: I keep I, I, I debate how this game is going to go. So, part of me. Thinks it could be a lot like the Seattle Denver game from uh, Super Bowl 48. Because I think that the Carolina Panthers team is very similar to that Seattle Seahawks team that dominated the Broncos. But the Broncos are a different team. Because back in in Super Bowl 48, they had a very good offense and an an average defense. Now they've got a very good defense. And I wouldn't even call them an average. Well, they're about an average offense on the, on the, with a bullet heading downward. So, so to answer your question, I think Carolina wins the game in either scenario. Uh, it could be a blowout because they make they force a lot of mistakes of Peyton Manning and you know, the game gets out of control like it did two seasons or two Super Bowls ago. But the more I think about it, I, I think the Denver defense is good enough to keep them in the game within striking distance. But ultimately, I see a, a Carolina 10 points or more at win.
0: All right. That's our friend Tony Lombardi from RussellStreetReport.com, brought to you by rain Wiper Blades. And you sure needed those Rain-X Wiper Blades today. They outlast the competition. We'll talk to you next week, Tony.
1: Sounds good, guys. Take care.